0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Coming up on today's show, GTA is still selling millions of copies. Nintendo had a direct and Rihanna Manuel is here to talk Sifu. good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Rihanna Manuel is here.
0: (laughs) Welcome back, girl. How's it going? Thanks. It's going great. Uh, Been super busy, but always happy to make time for my girls. Why, thank you. It's always
1: lovely to see you. We're so excited about the work that you're doing as the director of brand over at G4TV. Don't forget, folks, if you guys haven't been checking out their content, there is a bevy of
0: places that they can do so, right, Ray? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're on uh, old school TV. We're on streaming platforms. We're on your, your YouTubes and your Twitches and your Twitters and your TikToks. Your TikToks, TikToks. You can find us pretty much anywhere.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love how gaming um, content is now permeating a lot of my tiktok feed and it hasn't been before it's mostly just been cleaning talk I'm not gonna lie just lots of cleaning, cleaning talk is pretty lots good. of asmr people putting things into little plastic bins over and over again <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very soothing
1: i don't know why it is it does make me want to spend an obscene amount of money on organizational things for my home that i'm probably never going to use but you know yeah
0: tiktok it's basically just one big container store commercial <laughs> you know okay, it really so- is
1: so you, you watch people
2: literally put things into containers ASMR mm-hmm. style? Yes, I- yeah.
1: Yeah, they call it like, like, if you look at the hashtag restock, um, yeah. it's basically just people filling their fridges up with food and then like making ASMR videos of it. They're like, I'm going to okay. dump these strawberries into a plastic bin and you're going to listen to me wash them. And then all in the comments, they're like, don't wash your berries before you're right about to eat them. <laughs> that's, t- that's TikTok in a nutshell. <laughs>
2: Hey, man, you know what? Whatever brings you joy and happiness, I stand with you.
1: Oh, thanks, Britt. I, I appreciate that. Uh, well, we have some fun news to get to this week, so we're going to go ahead and move right along from my TikTok habits. Uh, I want to thank <laughs> Chewy's godson, Alex Rogopoulos, David Iacolucci, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Guderin, Punctified for being our Patreon producers. And it looks like we have a couple new podcast reviewers, and I particularly like this one that you pulled, Britt.
2: Yeah, this one comes from Keith L. And Keith says, love this podcast. Was super sad about Steimer, but Andrea and Brittany have really picked it up. And the guests have been fire. Amazing work, ladies, especially while juggling tiny babies. Much love to all of you, spouses included. And keep up the great work. Oh. This just felt like a, like a much appreciated and honestly needed pat on the back, Andrea. And I wanted to pull it. Thank you, Keith. I think Andrea and I have talked about how we we struggle with the lack of free time. You know, we're not used to not being able to work on what's good all the time anymore. And so we're just doing our best to keep our heads above water. And the fact that, you know, we're still doing a good job, that means a lot to us.
1: Exactly. What she said. Um, thank <laughs> you, thank you, Keith. We really do appreciate it, and a big thank you to all of the guests that we've had on the show recently. Rihanna included. Rhi, you've been awesome on episodes we've done over the last few months, and you know we just want to keep getting some some cool people on the show. So thanks, Keith, for for the love, for the call out. All right, so we have a couple of cool news stories to get to. But before we do that, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh and Express VPN, and I will tell you more about them later. And as you guys know, Nintendo Direct happened this week, and Brittany and I decided on a whim to live stream a Reacts. So instead of doing a traditional rundown of the news, we're just going to show you what happened after our live stream. Enjoy
2: there's there's so much hype going into this right like you, you ha- i have a whole list of shit we could have seen like abandoned three release it, platoon release it, a new fire emblem announced which we did get which was three hopes but that yes. wasn't i think what anyone was really expecting you know, are we gonna get game boy games on the switch are we gonna see breath of the wild 2 mario kart 9 but you just never know what you're gonna get you,
1: know? you just you know, never know and i feel like you know By now, we've tempered our expectations on, you know, what to expect from these directs. So um, let's just go ahead and dive right into our recap of what happened in this direct. So I'm just going to pull tweets directly from at Wario64 on Twitter because he does such a great job of recapping um, these as they happen. So the first announcement we got was, or the first trailer, I should say, was Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. It is an announcement trailer. Um, Mm -hmm. So it looks like this game we haven't previously seen. Even if they announced new Fire Emblem, we got new details on that. And then it was Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot, which we already knew was in the works and coming. And then, as you predicted, we saw Splatoon, uh, Splatoon 3 coming summer 2022. uh, And we got to see a new mode, the Salmon Run, which is kind of like a horde (laughs) mode. Um, There we go. Yeah, I, I want to
2: just quickly talk about Fire Emblem. I'm actually really excited about that. I yeah. know the the Warriors games typically aren't what people want when they when they anticipate like a sequel, right? But I would go back to um, Hyrule Warriors, whatever the fuck it was, just recently the the new one that just came out. That kind of goes a lot into what happened in Breath of the Wild and really expands on that story. And I would say like you don't have to love the gameplay of The Warriors games, you know, you can put it on baby ass baby mode if if that's an option and just play for the story. And it sounds like Three Hopes will take place in the same universe as Three Houses, but it'll be an entirely different story. So you're going to have Claude, Violet, Dimitri, and other characters. So, like, I think that's cool. Like, hey, listen, it's rare that we get sequels of any kind to a Fire Emblem game. I feel like direct sequels. So the fact that we're at least getting this makes me happy. Can I bang Claude? Who could say? Probably not. But that's all right. All right. That was probably, like, that was the opener, right, like you said. And I think that was...
1: Probably one of the most exciting announcements we got today. Hi, Charlie. Uh, For people who are watching the podcast or listening to the podcast afterwards, um, because we are doing a live reacts after our surprise stream, um, I'm still on baby duty and she is definitely overdue for her nap. (laughs) Oh, we all are, baby girl. We all are. Yes, I know. It's so sleepy. No, don't pull mama's hair. Um, (laughs) um, Apologies um, if there is a... Uh, baby um, displeasure.
2: (laughs) Baby displeasure. No, it makes the show even better,
1: Andrea. Even better. Thanks, Britt. I I appreciate that. Um, Okay, so uh, thank you for that for that recap, I appreciate that. I don't want to run down literally everything no, that happened no. in the Direct, because I think that there's a bunch of things that, you know, are not necessarily uh, worth c- kind of going over. Again, if you guys want to watch the Direct, you know, just watch the whole thing yourself. But something that I was really excited to see, even though I don't need to buy it again, but I will, is the Portal <coughs> Companion Collection coming to Switch, which is Portal and Portal 2.
2: That's a good one. If you guys haven't played those, by the way, you really should. They're just excellent games. I think Portal 2 is Andrea's one of her favorite games of all time. It is, is one it of my 2? top 10
1: favorite games of all
2: that's time. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's good. I
2: mean, hey, the more people that you can get this game into, the more the more people you can get this game into. Wow, please do not insert Portal inside of your body. Um, please play Portal with your hands or whatever yes. it is that you use to play games. But you're <laughs> not sticking inside your body.
1: Um, but one of the trailers that gave us the most chuckles was Kirby and the Forgotten Land.
2: Oh, my God. So this game looks so fucking cute. The whole joke is that it's like The Last of Us meets Kirby. And we, like, we chuckle and poke fun a little bit at Kirby. But I personally love Kirby. Kirby's super Superstar was one of my all-time favorite games growing up on the SNES. My dad and I played this so much growing up. Um, when I was growing up, we played it cooperatively. And so I have a really soft spot, soft spot in my heart for Kirby. Um and they showed off this it's called the mouthful mode. And I'm sorry, the joke just kind of like writes itself when I digress. <laughs> it's so true. you have you have cone mouth, ring mouth, light bulb mouth, arch mouth, water balloon mouth. And essentially, Kirby just sticks things in his mouth and he becomes those things. So water balloon mouth, for example, you see Kirby kind of rolling around and he's just like this big juggling like pink ball of water. and like the physics of it look really cute. Anyway, I'm all about this. I think it's going to be a really adorable new iteration in the Kirby series, and I think Kirby needs to be a little bit more popular because I think he's really cute, and it's one of those feel-good Nintendo games I think appeals to young gamers, but also the game mechanics are fun enough that us old folks can enjoy it as well. So Kirby looks really fucking cute. The next thing that I thought was really interesting was Nintendo Switch Sports, so this looks like it's basically Wii Sports. Is Wii Sports you know is hockey. back. Yeah. Wii, Wii Sports is back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but now it has online and local play. And they're adding a whole bunch of new stuff to it. Uh, they showed tennis. They showed badminton. They showed bowling is back. And now they're actually adding golf as a DLC coming up. And so what I'm going to be really interested in is seeing how much fun this actually is is because i think part of the fun at wii sports is like it's this new technology it's the wii right you can waggle your shit around and you can bowl and you can cheat the system and cheese it but now that you're actually introducing like online co-op or not co-op sorry online pvp like you have to think that those mechanics have been incredibly fine-tuned but that's kind of the charm of wii sports right is the bowling you just kind of like sit there and you kind of flick your wrist and oh strike oh turkey ball you know
1: Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm so, this is becoming increasingly difficult. <laughs>
2: You're doing really good. I'll just keep going down the few things that made me really happy. I You're appreciate doing lovely. that. I got you, baby girl. You are a fucking rock star. Um, the other thing that fucking made me so goddamn happy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Brittany Brombacher. I love a little series called Earthbound, also known as Mother in Japan. And earlier today, Itoi-san, the creator of Earthbound, a.k.a. Mother in Japan, tweeted out three Earths. Which was a little misleading because we never did get Mother 3. And he was promoting the direct. Not usual. Not usual at all. So I channeled my inner nerd here. And I have Mr. Saturn. A lot of you in chat are wondering what the fuck is that? And did she grow a third boob? No, I did not. This is Mr. Saturn. And this is just a little iconic symbol of Earthbound. And so it turns out that we're getting the bundle Earthbound and Mother, the first Earthbound that came out on Famicom, I believe, Famicom, to the Switch today. And it's, it's there right now. So if you have never played these games, please do. Fair warning, Earthbound can be very confusing. That's why this, the game launched with a literal player's guide. That's why the box is ginormous. You can't see it behind me. I am frozen. It's okay. Um, so if you do want to play I would highly suggest playing with a guide. But very excited that we're getting Earthbound back on the Switch, or getting it on the Switch, rather. That means more people will play it. That means it's going to sell cajillions of copies. And then Reggie's going to be forced to come out, return to Nintendo, and release Mother 3. Calling it right now oh my oh, god look at charlie she, she's she is ready. so cute
1: she's ready to begin her podcasting career everybody she is so cute you
2: have youtube.com slash what's good games like this is like what it is i am very fortunate that jason had no calls right now so he can watch our kid or i'd be in the same boat like we're making it fucking happen andrea you're doing so good i'm proud we're of you we're
1: making it happen oh don't pull mommy's hair um <laughs> um but i do i do want to wrap this up because um this is becoming yeah. like i said uh challenging um Still mario
2: kart nine we did get mario kart eight booster pa- deluxe booster course pass so that for is correct. 24.99 You get six waves of levels. There, a lot of them are remade from are made from older Mario Kart games. Supposedly, that's the plan. So no Mario Kart Nine news, but we are getting more Mario Kart levels. And then finally, it wrapped up with Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which looks great. It looks just like Xenoblade Chronicles Two, but maybe a little prettier. But otherwise, the minute you saw the footage, you're like, oh, this is Xenoblade. Not a bad thing. So cool. Like you know, I would give it like a solid like seven out of ten. Didn't blow my skirt up. Didn't get the the motors revving too much. But we got Earthbound, and I got to take my buttery nipple shot. So I'm happy.
1: Take a shot. I'm jealous. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, sounds lovely. Well, ladies and gentlemen who are joining us live, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and for people who are listening to the podcast, we hope you enjoyed this rundown. Now back to the show. And we're back to talk the rest of the gaming news for the week. Let's start things off with Grand Theft Auto Five, the game that doesn't die, has surpassed 160 million units sold. Just let that sink in <sighs> for a second. That is wild. That number is bananas. And GTA Remastered Trilogy significantly <laughs> exceeded expectations by selling over 10 million copies. So I think that is something to be lauded. I honestly had no idea that they were going to sell that many copies oh, of no. the remaster. Like Same. That's, oh, no. that's bonkers. All of this is bonkers.
2: It's all bonkers, especially with all of the bugs that it had. But, you know, a lot of people don't care. You hear about the vocal minority, the ones like bitching, pitching a fit. Guess what? They don't care. They sold 10 million units of that bitch. Um, but, yeah, that's just so many. That is so many yep. copies of GTA Remastered. I mean, not the, the GTA 5. I'll never forget. I was trying to have a peaceful massage one time, ladies. And it was just relaxation. And I was enjoying living my best life. And then my massage therapist was like, have you heard of Grand Theft Auto
1: Online? <laughs> You're like like, um, do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. I was like, yeah, because I told her I had played games before, and then I kind of zanned out. And then she proceeded for the rest of my appointment to tell me all about her shenanigans that she got into in that game. And she had never picked up a video game before or anything like that. So, I mean, this game obviously reaches people that don't play anything but Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Not a surprising number, actually, when you can think of it that way. But, um, yeah, it's everywhere. It's like cockroaches.
1: I mean, (laughs) I knew that this game had sold like an obscene amount of copies, but I was not prepared for that number. I'm going to be gonna be honest and like what's interesting about this game informer article that i pulled is that they make mention that each quarter they just keep continuing to sell five million copies is a good amount of sales for a brand new game like normally you would laud you know five million copies and we're gonna do the number power hour in just a little bit but like the fact that this game keeps selling like that quarter after quarter i think is a testament to the team or to The work that Rockstar's team did on this game, and of course, because they came out with news about it coming to PS5 uh, and the release date for Xbox Series X and S, they also had to quash the uprising of where's GTA 6? And they confirmed that, yes, of course, work is underway on the next installment in the Grand Theft Auto series, but they did not call it GTA 6 for the record.
0: Yeah, it's, mm. it'll be funny to see what it's called if it isn't GTA 6. I made, a, yeah. I made a little joke on Twitter, like, what if it's like GTA Returns and nobody knows what that means. Yeah. But there's rumors hey. it's maybe going into the future, so that would be interesting to see for sure.
2: Mm. Do you think, per- give me percentage odds, please, the both of you. Percentage mm. odds that one of the main protagonists in GTA 6 is a woman.
0: Mm. I'd say mm. like 75%.
1: Okay, I like that. I well one of the main protagonists you mean? Yeah. I mean honestly at this point I'm I'm leaning closer to 100% cuz I yeah. think mm. that they've gotten enough heat from the community and it's been so long that it's time. It's time to put some more representation in gender diversity in the GTA. Sphere. And women haven't really historically been portrayed in such a great light in the Grand Theft Auto franchise. So it would be nice for them to maybe put, you know, a different change of pace. But we shall see. I think it's going to be a while before we hear anything about that. Um, I would guess next year at the earliest. I, I just don't even think 2022 is in the cards for them. I think they're going to focus on the new console releases and then, you know, they'll do something completely on their own. I know every time a major event comes around, people are like, oh, is Rockstar finally going to announce the next GTA? And it's like, nah. (laughs) They definitely aren't gonna announce it at E3, your games come or anything like that. They're gonna do their own standalone <laughs> thing. They'll probably just announce it via tweet, honestly. They'll be like, hey guys, we'll talk. <laughs> hey, here's, a, hey. here's a trailer on Twitter. <laughs> um, I did also want to mention on the Red Dead Redemption side of things, according to Take Two's earnings call, they revealed that the Wild West series has sold more than 65 million units worldwide with Red Dead Redemption 2, specifically 43 million of those. Oh. And in fact, wow. rdr RDR2 is the second best selling title in the US in the past three years based on dollar sales, which I did not know. based off oh. NPD charts. I'm like, are you guys just twisting some some statistics here <laughs> to get to make that sentence? I don't know. I, I look at NPD and I just don't feel like that that lines yeah, that lines up. But, but maybe huh. maybe it is. I mean, RDR2 was a phenomenal game, and the fact that it sold 43 million units is awesome.
0: So God. Keep crushing it, Rockstar. Yeah, they're killing it. I want to read case studies (laughs) on their marketing team and how they keep finding more customers
1: because it's just
0: (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: I feel like GTA Online kind of sells itself. It's like word of mouth. Your friends are playing and then exactly. they get you into playing. And mm-hmm. they also are supporting that game. Like I think that they are a really great case study and live service game support for a narrative-focused game that isn't really PvP-focused. Obviously, there's a PvP element to GTA Online. But I think the people that I know that are still actively playing are playing because they like to, like your masseuse, like to just go like dick around <laughs> with their friends in this metaverse space, right? right. So. Yeah, all right. Well, congrats. We, of course, will keep tabs on what's happening next for GTA. Uh, Next up, Microsoft has confirmed that Activision Blizzard will release games on PlayStation beyond existing agreements. So this story is just like not dying, right? It's like somebody says something (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then it gets misinterpreted and then somebody has to clarify. But this is specifically, I think, really focused on Call of Duty because a lot of people were concerned what's going to happen with Call of Duty. Is it going to go platform exclusive? And they came out to be like, no, no, don't freak out. Call of Duty is not going platform exclusive, at least (laughs) not yet. So I think we have, (laughs) they said until 2024 for it to still be multi-platform. And then after that, You know, who knows? Maybe video game consoles will just disappear and we'll all be playing on the cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Who could say? Who who could say? Um, But this write-up comes from IGN, and it says, in a piece published to explain how the company will adapt to regulatory approval for its takeover, President Brad Smith addressed concerns that popular games would no longer be available on competing consoles, saying, quote, to be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. So there you have it. I wonder if
0: there's an asterisk there and it's like <laughs> when Game Pass comes to PlayStation. Like, I wonder if there's like some fine... <laughs> oh my gosh, like wink, it. wink.
1: <laughs> I I know that a lot of people are having that conversation right now but I just I don't see it. I don't see Game Pass coming to PlayStation, to PlayStation. for for the for the same reason that, you know, f- Fortnite is has their ecosystem outside of Apple now, right? Like yeah. The way that those subscriptions work and the way that the money and the platform fees work, it just wouldn't make sense to me that Sony would ever allow that subscription service to be on their platform. Why? <laughs>
2: Do you think I thought this was kind of an interesting idea because we know Microsoft, aka Xbox, has two goals in mind. One, get their games into like as many fucking hands as possible, and they want to grow Game Pass. So because now they own Activision Blizzard, they own their marketing. So could they like when they market call of the next Call of Duty game or whatever? Do you see a future where they're like 69, nice, 99 on PlayStation 5, or free with Game Pass on day one? You know what I mean? Mm. Like do you think that's an angle they're going to take because if they do, like that just looks so much more attractive and that's going to be get people to look at Game Pass. What is game Pass if they've ever heard of it before? What is this thing
1: where I can get it for free? Twenty bucks, ten bucks a month? Well, they did that with MLB the show, right? So this was okay. a big thing because the MLB the major major league baseball organization negotiated a marketing deal with Xbox. And then it ca- became this kind of weird like limbo because MLB The Show is produced by Sony San Diego. Right. And so you could get MLB The Show for free day one in Xbox Game Pass, but you had to pay $70 for it if you were playing on PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4. So it was like, hmm. So I would love to know what the install base was. Obviously, Microsoft can see those numbers um, and MLB and Sony can see those numbers. And so... I don't know if they'll ever share it with us, of course, but... Why not? Why not? I think that was a good case study for them to see, you know, what's the market segmentation, who's paying full price for the game, and who's specifically subscribing to Game Pass to get access to, you know, big AAA games like that, so...
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a wild west world we live in, ladies. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's getting weird.
1: Getting weird indeed. Brittany, are you ready for the Mm. number power hour? I
2: am. I didn't know what else to call this segment. I feel like number power hour was just the most appropriate thing I could think of.
1: I love it. But before we get to the number power hour, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides Thousands of shows and movies from you Based on your location and then has The nerve to increase their prices on you That's right, they've just raised their prices Once again, now you could just Cancel your subscription in protest Or, you know, you could be smart And make sure that you're getting Your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like tons of other People out there. See, now you might not know What's on Netflix in your country is actually Completely different from what someone in the UK Or Japan, for example, has On theirs. Now, using ExpressVPN allows you to control which country you want Netflix to think you're in. See, you can trick them. Using ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time that you run out of stuff to watch, all you gotta do is switch to another country and unlock new shows. Or if you've got some international travel in your future, lucky you, uh, you can also use ExpressVPN to change your country back to the United States to watch your favorite shows that you love when you're back home. See, it's the best of both worlds. And the best part also is that it's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services too, like BBC's iPlayer, which is free and only available in the UK. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, your laptop, even smart TVs, so you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Don't forget to use our link so you can get three extra months of express vpn for free that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s vpn.com slash what's good games expressvpn.com slash what's good games let the power hour commence
2: let's go okay ladies i had like a little hiccup there ladies there there? I I'm not usually like a huge one for numbers. Numbers are cool once in a while, especially when they're very big. That's what she said. But like, there were so <laughs> many numbers this week in the news. So let's just put it all together and call it its own damn thing. So the Nubba Power Hour. Pokemon Legends Arceus has sold 6.5 million copies in its first week of release. Wow! Holy shit balls! Good job, Pokemon! Yeah, makes it, you did it. Surprising, absolutely no one. But I think that makes it the fastest selling, fastest selling Pokemon title in the history of all things Pokemon. So cool nintendo switch has sold 103.54 million units as of december 31st 2021 making it the fastest home console to sell 100 million units crushing it amazing yes. not surprised and then we just talked about this one gta trilogy has sold 10 million copies despite it being a hot mess it takes two has sold five billion copies since its october release Holy shit. Congratulations. Dying Light 2 has made Steam's top 25 most played games of all time with a peak concurrent player count of 274,983 players, which has passed Halo Infinite. It is wow. literally right behind Skyrim.
1: Cool. Wow. 78- as far as cu- peak concurrence of all time? Yeah. So Dying Light is currently
2: number 23, and I think Skyrim is 22.
1: Wow. Good for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Hey. Okay. And this one, 78,000 Battlefield 2042 players have petitioned for their money back or a whopping 1.86% of the
1: 4.2 million copies supposedly sold. I think Ouch. that's important the way that you phrase those numbers, because when you talk about 78,000 players signing a petition, that's not an insignificant amount of people. But it's a stark reminder that that is the vocal minority of players that bought the game at 1.86%. Yeah.
2: It's just wild to me and I think that's why you know you see a lot of petitions of oh my god 80,000 players have signed this like why is there no change happening? Well, when you look at how much that actually is
0: compared Less to the number. 2%. Percent. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, EA is probably not real motivated to do much if it's only that percentage of players, right? Correct.
2: There you go. Numbers, they're everywhere.
1: Yeah, they Beautiful. sure are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. This is great. Uh, Ria,
0: do any of these numbers stand out to you in particular? Honestly, I'm very surprised and excited to see the numbers for Dying Light 2. I yeah. never played the first one. I've seen a good amount of Dying Light 2. And while I know some people are not enjoying it to the fullest, it's really cool to see folks trying out a sequel that's not, you know, Call of Duty or, you know, another Bungie game. And it's great what Techland has been able to do and turn around. Uh, this development story because I know we've heard previous years. There is a little bit of trouble with the studio with the project and it's good to see it land on its feet. It's a part yeah. four joke. And, ah, oh, I see what you did there.
2: Oh, guess. God, you're so good and smart. <laughs> yeah, I would say out of all of them, too, that's kind of the one that I'm like, oh, good for them. I mean, you know, the first Dying Light sold, I think, 17 million copies. So it's a beloved series and a lot of people enjoy it. It has, I want to say a cult following, but it's not because that's a huge number of sales to achieve. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it is, um, it makes me happy because I feel like, I feel like a lot of people just never have talked about Dying Light or I mean, they did, after Dying Light 2 was announced, we had all that really promising E3 coverage and whatnot. But since then, or even before then, I feel like it just wasn't a game that was on a lot of people's radars, especially, I guess, like the mass media of games and the game industry. It just wasn't a thing that was making headlines all the time. But um, it, is, it is exciting to see that number. And while I talked about it last week, and I'll talk a little bit about it in the next segment, I've, I have some issues with it. I think the core gameplay is incredibly fun, and it's so unique in this space that I think that's why people are just flocking to it. And... Um, I'm happy for him. Good job. Next time, maybe, you know, hire some more bug testers and let's go.
1: Hey. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, we talked about it last week. And like you said, we're going to talk about it again in the next segment um, of, like, was it too ambitious? Could they have maybe really made a polished, crafted experience if they had just taken some of their ideas off the table? So, well... We will, uh, we will discuss it more in the, in the hands-on segment. So that is going to do it for the news. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, including Rihanna's thoughts on Sifu. And, of course, I believe Brittany has something else to say about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with us. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the What's Good Games podcast. This is segment two, where we talk about what we've been playing. But first, I want to tell you that this segment is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why, friends, it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app. I love using the app because I can easily change my delivery day if I've got something going on that week. Or I can add meals if I'm having guests over. Or like this week I skipped because I'm going to be eating a lot of junk food during the big game. A.K.A. the Super Bowl. Who's counting calories that day? Not me. But you can also customize your favorite dishes with their new HelloFresh custom offerings by swapping out one protein or another one protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxe experience or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. I love that option. I'm not admittedly the biggest pork fan, so I was able to swap out something for turkey the other day, and it really made me happy. Technology, man, never ceases to me. But ladies, I just had a, an incredible meal. It's one pot Thai curry turkey soup.
1: Ooh. Coconut curry
2: turkey soup. And we're kind of, like, getting out of wintry, and, you know, soup just doesn't taste as good during the summer, so I wanted to kind of have one last hurrah for the February weather here in Washington, and it was delicious, and I ate it all maybe in two days, whoops, all by myself, whoops, double whoops, but... To try America's number one meal kit for yourself, you can go to hellofresh.com slash what's good 16 and use code what's good 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's hellofresh.com slash what's good 16 and use code what's good 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts.
1: I literally ate it all by myself, and I
2: <laughs> had a little bit of a tummy <laughs> ache. Whoops. Jason was not pleased with <throat> me. Listen,
1: no judgments here, Britt. Um, I am excited, Reed, that you are here this week because I unfortunately haven't gotten a chance to play Sifu yet. It's on my PlayStation, Same. like, ready for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Brittany and I have kind of been well Brittany's been splitting her time I have been trying to heads down get as far into Horizon Forbidden West leading up to the um, embargo which is lifting on Valentine's Day and that game is just a lot (laughs) so but we're looking forward to talking about that next week so Re, let's chat about your time with Sifu so what kind of drew you to this game in the first place
0: I think what drew me to this game the most initially was the vibe. It felt like, you know, some sprinkles of Ghost of Tsushima, which, as you know, I loved. And I really like the idea of getting more into roguelike since my recent uh, moment of falling in love with Hades. And... Uh, I saw this as a way to do that in sort of a fighting game approach or a beat-em-up approach and wanted to try my hand at at Sifu's combat. And I will say the first, mm, let's call it hour, two hours, I struggled <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, the, the pacing of Sifu is very, very... Intentional and well thought out. However, it is challenging. And I know there were a number of reviewers who played before the developer Slow Clap released a patch to make it a little bit more approachable as people were facing deadlines to get through everything and review it uh, in order for the embargo date to, to be met. However, it is fair. And I will say if you're like me and you don't play a lot of fighting games, but you're curious about Sifu, don't count it out. There's definitely a path forward for you. And the way that I approached it that helped me find a little bit more success was to see it as more of a roguelike, more of a puzzle game, more of an exploratory experience, because levels are not procedurally generated. They're static. And enemies and weapons and interactables will always be in the same place when you come to a new environment. So if you start to familiarize yourself with that room, with that encounter, with those enemy types, you do eventually sort of build that knowledge base and skill set in order to approach it smarter, faster, better. And smarter, faster, better is definitely the way you need to approach every encounter in Sifu because if you're not aware, one of the main mechanics is that anytime you die to an enemy, you have a death counter that will go up by one year. And if you choose to rise again, whatever your current death counter number is at, you age that many years. And as you age, you do become stronger, but you also become more frail. And stamina is a big mechanic in the game as well. Anytime you block or anytime you land a hit on an enemy, the stamina meter goes up. And then once it once it maxes out, unfortunately, you, you get a pretty big blow, which is good for you when you're facing off with your enemies. Bad for you when your enemies max out your structure counter. And it's really involved, involved combat. There are many, many levels of mechanics as far as, like, learning new movesets. There are ducks, there are counters, there are sweeps, there are area of effect moves, there are throws, there are takedowns, execution style takedowns, and it's a lot to unlock. And the unlocks are pretty fair. I would say you unlock different things based on the number of points you have in your current playthrough whenever you reach a shrine, or if you return to your hub world and look at your literal skill tree, it's quite honestly, a tree <laughs> that you go to to upgrade <laughs> your skills, uh, which is cute. But uh, some of them are permanent for your playthrough and other ones will reset anytime you die. So you do have to balance out what's most valuable for your current playthrough and the style you're trying to to master in this round versus what you think will be more valuable for you long term. And if you run out of time, essentially age up to the point where you don't have any more um, life tokens to revive, you have to start over. Or you can go back to the previous encounter, but at the age when you started it. So you don't get a redo. And um, that element of it is a little bit frustrating. As an early player, uh, somebody who was 70 before they got to the first boss the first time, (laughs) um, very discouraging. But you do replay and learn and get better over time. So it's definitely an experience that requires a lot of patience and diligence. It's not a passive game. You can't play it while hanging out on the phone or listening to what's good games. Uh, definitely, you want to give it your full attention. And if you're interested in a, a new style of roguelike, I would definitely suggest checking it out.
2: So when you say you have to start over, do you mean like literally start over? Like the whole yes, thing? Yes,
0: the whole thing. So, so how so... many
2: like, hours could you put into this before you're like, well, I can't possibly beat this. My dude is like 570 years old. Like, I, <laughs> I got to start over.
0: Uh, Well, you age out once you hit your 70s. So once you get to, let's say, 77 or so, you can keep replaying that last encounter over and over again, starting at 77. However, the next time you fall to an enemy, that's it. You've run out of life tokens. And it's... As I said, pretty punishing, but it, it you do get better over time as you learn what to do and what not to do. And you find the weapons or the areas of the different rooms where you can pick up something real quick and grab an enemy from behind or catch somebody else off guard. Face them out so that they don't crowd and rush you because this, this AI is not like in a kung fu movie. They will all attack you at once. They don't wait their turn. <laughs> So you, you do uh, <laughs> employ some strategy and some, some planning a- into each encounter once you know what you're walking into. And for that reason, it doesn't feel quite as, de- uh, quite as punishing once you know what's going on. Okay. But the first run through is definitely you die to the first boss, most likely, and it took you maybe an hour and change. And a full playthrough, if you do everything perfect, might take, let's call it five or six hours, maybe even less. So it depends on how much you want to unlock in the level. There are different places where you can find new areas and gain new skill points and um, find new story beats. Uh, in the actual hub world, you're looking at one of those you know, mastermind mystery maps where you have all of the red strings connecting different characters and what they're doing, what their environment's like, uh, how you can get to them, what their style is. And it's very interesting. I, I will say... There is a decent amount of story here. It may not be for everyone, but I'll just speak to maybe like the first 20 minutes to avoid any major spoilers. I didn't quite know why I wanted to hurt these characters. They seemed like a lot of them were doing their thing and not (laughs) really evil. Uh, Some of them maybe, but it's very interesting because there's a decent amount of gray space in all of the characters' motivations. And so it really compelled me to keep trying to learn more about them. Hmm.
1: I think that that's really cool. I think that it's an interesting take on the roguelike mechanic. And I like the idea of this weakness as you're getting older, but you're still strong. It's like the kind of juxtaposition of it of like the impending end as you start to age, um, which is kind of morbid, actually, when you think about it now. But (laughs) The art style is really kind of what drew me into this game because I, like you, don't spend a ton of time with fighting games. I mean, as people who follow the show know, I love Mortal Kombat, but I don't go out of my way to seek out other fighters. I just just don't because it's a skill set that I know I need to practice and practice and practice to get good at. And who's got time for practicing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that you're enjoying your time with it. Do you think it's a game that you're going to keep going back to? Maybe work on a speed run? Or do you kind of feel like, you know, maybe this just isn't my thing?
0: I think so. I think I'll take my time with it, though. It it feels like when play in maybe longer chunks like two three hours at a time like save a whole afternoon for a seafood day and that definitely doesn't happen very often so it'll take me a while to get through it I know Um, I'm also just not the strongest fighting game player but I do want to know what happens at the end and I won't spoil it for anybody, but the opening scene, like, as you're reading the credits, incorporates a tutorial. And just that style alone just hooked me from the beginning. So I just really love the way that they approached it. Still Clap did a fantastic job at, you know, making you feel like you were powerful, but still needed to plan carefully. And, yeah, I, I want to play more of it, for sure.
1: Is there a difficulty slider?
0: I haven't or seen is- one.
1: Okay. So there's it's no baby as baby
0: mode. Mm. Yeah. Welp. I'm not sure. Welp. <laughs> that may come well. soon. Who knows? I know they scaled it back for all the reviewers who were struggling. That's interesting.
2: So. I hadn't heard about that. That's fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. <Huh. sighs>
2: it's been on my radar. It has. But... uh the whole roguelike thing, just right now, I just don't know. Also, I, I'm I'm a fool and I've committed myself to three different review copies. Why? When I have an eight and a half month old, oh, not my brightest moment. Oh, it's great. I'm doing great. But it definitely is uh, on my radar. But I think here you talk about it. You, you explained it in a way that I don't know if it's made totally clear in the marketing. So I do appreciate that. My whole worry was like, what if I have a broken old, old ass man and I can't go any further? And then you answered that question with like, okay, yeah, you just have to start over and get good. Learn the patterns. Mm-hmm. And that actually sounds more appealing than just like get fucked because they're procedurally generated, (laughs) which they're not. So cool.
0: Yeah, they're not. They're not. No, it's it's definitely got some soul's born flavor to it where it's like if you study long enough and try hard enough, you'll eventually figure out every encounter. Cool. Interesting. Well,
1: thank you for that insight. Yeah. Britt, do you feel like ranting a little bit more? Or, how, how you, <laughs> what's the temperature on what you're playing right now that you can I, talk about?
2: I, I, okay, here, 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 let's just talk about it for a little bit. I won't take too much of your time because negativity is not a good thing. No, okay, for real though. Um, so, I've been playing more Dying Light too. I have been playing more Pokemon. I'm still able to do like my. 45 minutes of Pokemon at a time chunk. And then I can't do any more at that point because I'm about four and a half hours in right now. And I feel like the game is just starting to kind of let me live my life. (laughs) They're kind of like, okay, cool. You can go do this thing. But there's still some tutorial shit over here. But in the meantime, like, go ahead and like explore the world and whatnot. So I was able to play it last night without getting super angry. And that's that's a very. Good. That's a very big step forward for me. A true moment of growth, if you will. And so that <laughs> was really nice. Uh, yeah, I think I think what it comes down to is I'm just learning, and I have to force myself. I got all my rants out last week. This isn't the Pokemon game I necessarily want, but that doesn't mean there isn't fun to be had within it. I have a lot of still frustrations with the with some of the stupid decisions in, in this game, like the stamina. Why? Why is stamina sprinting still a thing? Like, I don't understand it. If if I'm in a huge world and you let me sprint for, like, three seconds and then I have to stop and jog and listen to my character, like, gasp like she's dying for air. Cool. But, like, that happens all the time. And even when I'm in the town, there's stamina limitations. And, yes, I tweeted about Pokemon Arceus. I subtweeted it because I was angry. Uh, I
1: think everybody knew what you were tweeting about. (laughs)
2: uh, Anyway, I'm not getting angry. Anyway, I think it's all just a big lesson in... I know what I wanted out of this. I know what this game could be. It is not any of those things, but I can still have fun with it. And I just have to reset my mind and have the proper expectations. And the same thing goes for Dying Light 2. I've been playing a lot more with that. It's just, it's getting really much more buggy the more I'm playing it. I'm playing a co-op with Jason and we're just having a lot of issues. The other day, last night, I couldn't open chests. Um, I I would go through the animation of opening them, um, but he would have to come in his game and open it for me until I could actually access what's inside of it. Like, it's kind of, you know, whatever. Like, not great. Um, So, again, like, I think the first Dying Light did a much better job. It created an interesting character and an interesting story. And I felt like it was just a more enjoyable experience. I think this game had just way too much hype behind it. Kind of like over-promising and under-delivering. And, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game. It doesn't mean there's it can't be fun. And so with Pokemon and Dying Light 2, I'm just, again, resetting the mindset. And just trying to enjoy them for what they are. Um, as a fan. like Critically, I have a lot of complaints. But like just as a pure fan, I'm just trying to enjoy them. So... Again, though, I'm playing three different games. I'm also playing Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Like Andrea said, the game's a lot. So it's just really hard to (laughs) divide my time between all three of them. But I'm doing my best. And that's what I got.
1: Well, that's all we can ask for, Britt, is for you to do your best. And it's tough when, you know, even as, you know, fans when we get to a month like february where there's so much competing for our dollars and for our attention it's like you know how do you how do you make the choice about what you're going to you know invest in whether it be your your time or your money or both and um so we feel you yeah. we feel you everyone feels you brit it's all good mm-hmm. oh, oh, cool. um <laughs> and like we mentioned we'll have next week to talk about horizon forbidden West and hopefully everyone is excited for that conversation. Cause it's, I know I am. It's going to be a long one. There's a lot to (laughs) talk about, (laughs) Um, but for now, that's gonna do it for our our hands-on for this week. So hopefully, everybody enjoyed the show. It was great to have you back. You know, it felt like it was just like a like a blip, too short too short of a a show with you. So we have to get you back in the studio. And while we have you here. I want to just give you another congratulations on an amazing job at the Spawnies. So happy for you and Khalif over at Spawnee. If you guys missed Rihanna co-hosting the Spawnies on Spawnee's channel, you can watch the archive over at Twitch TV slash Me or on his YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Me. And did he put it on TikTok too? I think he put parts of it on TikTok. <laughs> That, yeah. that man is just, like, so prolific. I'm like, can you just stop making the rest of us look bad, Cleve? Jeez. Just so busy all the time. I know. <laughs> oh, but we are super proud. So uh, just, Thank like, quickly, you. like, how did how are you feeling after it all? Like, it looked like it was <laughs> universally accepted as, like, this amazing, wonderful thing
0: that it was. Yeah. Yeah. The support in, in outpouring of love and appreciation was unlike anything else I've ever experienced. It was a dream project to work on and... I feel so honored and humbled that Ka chose me to be his co-host for for this event and honestly doing the spanies was in- incredible in and of itself but watching it was a mind-blowing. I hadn't seen it before it went live for everybody else. So I was in chat reacting just like Aww. just like the rest of the world because uh, I hadn't seen, you know, Megaran's incredible performance or, you know, seen all of the acceptance speeches and uh, the wonderful friends and people in the industry that we know and love. So it, it was really, really great. And uh, I can't say enough good things about the people who were in chat and watching and who have shared it and supported it and shown it love. So I just really grateful.
2: You're crushing it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're
2: just so happy for you. You're just Thanks. killing it all over. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And if for anyone who's interested, Khalif and I had a wonderful conversation about the making of the Spawneys on my Twitter in a space. You can find that on my profile, where he talked about all of the work that went into it and the different kinds of moving parts, some of the challenges he faced, and some of his thoughts about what he has in store. For the future of the Sponnies. So it's a fun conversation. And you guys should check it out. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We will be back next week with more video game news. For now, goodbye everybody.
2: Kick Roxy bastards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't mean that. She loves you guys.
0: I love that. Is that the new official sign-off?
2: <laughs> I kind of want it to be. <laughs>